0: Blob Talk Radio. <laughs> Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer Radio Show brought to you by CombockBee. My name is Andy Schneider, but most know me as the Chicken Whisperer, author of The Chicken Whisperer's Guide to Keeping Chickens, National Spokesperson for the USDA Biosecurity for Birds program, and editor in chief of Chicken Whisperer magazine. Each week I welcome experts in their field to share their knowledge about different topics including backyard poultry, show poultry, heritage poultry, gardening, cooking, and, of course, living a self-sufficient lifestyle. Be sure to visit us online at chickenwhisperer.com, where you can follow us on Twitter, become a fan on Facebook, and subscribe to the totally free digital edition of Chicken Whisperer Magazine. Once again, I would like to thank all of you for tuning in today to Backyard Poultry with the Chicken Whisperer, brought to you by Combox, Feed. at
1: Combox Feeds. At Kalmbach Feeds, Our layer pellets and crumbles are all-natural, antibiotic-free, with no animal byproducts. Formulated just for laying hens, our feed is fortified with essential amino acids and calcium to ensure maximum production of nutritious, tasty, strong shelled eggs. From our family to yours, feed your hens the way nature intended. Pure, wholesome, goodness. Combox Feeds. Find a dealer at ComboxFeeds.com. That's K-A-L-M-B-A-C-H, feeds.com. Or order your layer pellets and crumples today on Amazon.com. Combox Feeds is a proud sponsor of The Chicken Whisperer.
0: All right. Thank you very much for staying with us today. Hey, we've got a great show. We've got poultry scientist and professor, Dr. E. H D. She's going to be joining us here in just a few minutes. We're going to be talking all about molting. Um, and, of course, some surveilling, and this is the season we know, and I guess at the end of the day, after doing this for a long time, talking to different people around the country on tour, um, having a a segment on molting in, in my workshops, and talking with the experts all around the country at the... Uh, poultry Science universities, I've come kind of come to the conclusion that you know. In fact, just last week, I got an email from somebody that says, "Hey, um, what can I do to help my girls get through the molt?" And my reply to them, uh, because because without a doubt, and Dr. McCray will, will share this with us today, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure there's a few things that we can do to assist them. Okay, but but out of all you know, decade over a decade of, of talking about this year after year after year, I've come to the conclusion again. And when I received that email from the lady, what can I do to help my ladies in the backyard deal with the small? And them, you know, at the end of the day, this is a natural process okay? Uh, chickens have been molting since the beginning of time. They've been domesticated for around 8,000 years, and we ha- they haven't had people to come and give them special treats and, and dog and cat food. Yes, yes, that's a big one when you ever see molting topics on these blogs and forums. Oh, I give mine uh, cat dog food. It's higher in protein, and it helps them get through that molt. Uh, hang on just a second. Let me find it. <laughs> Let me find it. Uh, here it is. My Chickens, cat food, and dog food to help them get through the molt. <laughs> and I, so, so I say, I said, look, um, without a doubt, it's stressful in the birds. Without a doubt, um, they're gonna probably their uh, feathers because are concentrating on replacing their feathers. We get that, we know that, but, but, um, you know, at the end of the day natural process. They've been going through this for thousands of years, and they get through it just fine. So, but, but we want to learn about it. We want to get educated about it and, and see if there are some things, um, the right things to do to maybe, and I used to word assist them with this natural process that they're going to go through, and, and some of the theories out there on these blogs and forums are hideous, dangerous, harmful to say the least, because Oh, I to, they need. I have to help. What? What can I do? You know, natural process. So, not saying there's not anything we can do or not or choose to do, but but there's maybe some right things we can do to help them. Um, if you choose to do that. If you don't. If you don't, well, you know, guess what? They're gonna get through the molt because they've done it for the last. Um, thousands of years so um without further ado, oh i want to talk about first two I want to bring dr mccray on but i just posted over on our facebook page and i knew this would ruffle some feathers it always does but yesterday um yesterday let's see what we um, hang on just a second Um, yesterday, I believe it was the um, Washington Post, I thought it was the New York Post, the Washington Post came out with an article called, it's titled, Kissing Chickens is Bad for Your Health, okay? And this is nothing new. Uh, I posted it, and of course, one of my followers and fans says, you always post about this, and people are still going to be kissing their chickens. You're exactly right. However, I responded by saying, same goes with smoking. No matter how many times the doctor says, hey, you need to quit smoking, people are still going to keep smoking. However, that said, less people are smoking now than ever in the history because of education and awareness, right? So, again, education and awareness is, is where it's at, but you're still I – mean, I'm going to read you some of these comments here. Um, let me get this, and I'll just read some of them. And, again, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on the article as well, Kissing Chickens is Better for Your Health – and we have, you post this all the time. People are not going to stop doing it. And I said, yes, absolutely, because uh, just like smoking, people still smoke they know it's bad for them and possibly killing them every day of their life. But yet uh, there are less people smoking now because of education and awareness. Um, it says, yeah, well, they've never met my hens. I can't help but to kiss them. They're so adorable. Um Let's see, uh, I love my girls, and I will kiss them if I want to, uh, and I love this one. In, in fact, in fact, guys, I promise you, I, I swear, when I posted this article, I honestly had it typed out, and then I back, I backtracked. I deleted it because I, it would cause even, cause even more controversy, but I actually said, okay, here's another article about kissing chickens. I'm going to pop some popcorn, sit back, and read how many comments say, well, I've kissed my chickens for six years, and... I've never had a problem. For obvious you I had that all typed out. And then I said, No, nah, I better not. I'll just say, Hey, this will cost some this will ruffle some feathers. But I did, I had it all typed out ready to push in and I kinda of said, Well, maybe not. But I did, I was gonna I'm gonna go pop some popcorn, sit back and see how many people comment. Oh, I've done just my chickens for ten years and I've never had a problem. I'm gonna bring Doctor McRae on here in just a second. We know what she's gonna to say. Tomorrow's another day, okay. Um and okay, and, and this is how I relate to that. This is how I relate to that, okay? Um, I wonder how many times okay the person who smoked said, I've been smoking for 10 years, and I've never had a problem. And then the first day of his 11th year, he's diagnosed with stage 4 cancer and is no longer on this earth. But for 10 years, he said, I've smoked for 10 years, and I've never had a problem. <laughs> I've walked in front of the 9 o'clock bus every day for 10 years, and I've never had a problem. But today you slipped on the marble, and now you're dead. So, um, you, you know, uh, just, uh, I, just, I, do, I lose respect when I see that from whoever says, well, I've done this, and I've never had a problem. Now, if they would, uh, in, my, in my view, if they put something like, you know what, look, I know there's some risk involved. I know that I could potentially get salmonella from my chickens. I know that that could potentially make me very ill. I could be in ICU. I could even die from this possibly, okay? But I still choose and researched all the information and the dangers of but I still choose to kiss my chickens. Then I would have a problem with that. But to just say, I've done it for six years and I've never had a problem is ignorant. Um that is that's a cop out. That's ridiculous. Okay. Um <laughs> I've played Russian roulette every night for the last seven days and I've never had a wow problem. <laughs> so yeah, it's like everything else we do on this radio show. Uh, the last week, last Thursday, we had Dr. Patesky on, and we were talking about the controversial subject of washing refrigerating eggs. Ooh, that's a bad thing. And uh, his view is awesome. I loved it, and it was great. It was down to earth. Had a lot of science we shared, and we even said at the beginning of the show, no matter what we present—science, fact-based, science-based, study-based information—we're uh, not going to change any minds with this show. I mean, we're just not. People are going to do what they're going to do. Um, Uh, Because maybe it's worked for them, or they read it on a blog, or I've never washed my eggs, and I've never had a problem. Um, Heck, as soon as that egg comes out of the chickens, but I lick it, I've never had a problem. (laughs) Okay. So, so yeah, we probably won't change any minds with this article and posting this article and bringing Dr. McRae on and talking a little bit about it. In fact, I know Dr. McRae and I have oftentimes say, you know, we'd like to get some backyard birds and swab their beaks and their face and then put it in a petri dish guide and see what grows, what, what diseases that are there. Um, and even then, if we reported that with some accurate kind of study, some people are still going to kiss their chickens. Now, I would wonder, I would love to. I would love to do this at the end of the day. Find somebody that have said that, Uh, pissed my chickens for six years and never had a problem, and then interview them after they're in ICU battling for their life with salmonella, Um, and then see what they say. Are they going to say, you know, that was a hard lesson learned, Andy? We did that a couple of years ago with the salmonella outbreak, and we brought on a family that was dealing with um, a uh, 13-, 14-year-old boy that was in ICU. They were planning his funeral, got so bad, had them on. It's more than just a poster. This is human life we're talking about, and I think it was good for people to hear, hey, here's a regular family. They weren't new chicken keepers. They had kept, kept chickens for years, and now they are dealing with the salmonella sons in ICU. Um, we also this past year had a, a lady on whose 18-month-old baby had salmonella directly related to her brooder she had in her house that she cleaned and didn't maybe change shirts or wash her hands, and now her baby had salmonella, bloody diarrhea in the hospital, whole nine yards. So um, it, it happened. And uh, it's, just, it's just fascinating to, to me. And, uh, again, all we do here is we share science-based, fact-based, study-based information. Once you have the information, you can do with it what you wish. But, hey, I can sleep at night knowing I got you the right information. Um, so that's, that's the goal here. We're not going to change probably many minds, but yet it's, it worked, I guess, for smoking based on education and awareness. So let's bring on our good friend, longtime guest, poultry scientist and professor, Dr. Bridget McCray, and I, I, we're going to talk just five minutes about this, and then we'll get into molting and all of that, about how, um, I'm sure because I read it on a blog, I can give cat and dog food, and they'll get through the molt absolutely better than if I did nothing, but um, <laughs> we're going to bring you on. We want to talk a little bit about this this uh, uh, Washington Post uh, art of prey, and uh, again, who would have thought, ten uh, years ago, 20 years ago, who would have thought that the C D C have had to literally create a program, spend money creating this program, and to spend time contacting news agencies basically saying, Hey, we we need to um uh, don't get your chickens. You know, who would have thought <laughs> and um you know, in
1: Uh oh, where'd you go Andy? Uh oh. Hello, Andy. Can you hear me?
0: Hmm. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Are you there? I got disconnected. She might have just uh, I don't know. maybe she thought her pro she had a phone problem. Anyway, I got disconnected now, but she'll call that in a second. But seriously, who would have thought? 10 years ago that we would have had that, you know, and people, I, I share this in my classes. Okay. Um, people who attend my class and and we talk about this topic. Uh, I tell them like the people who don't have backyard poultry, people who don't have those pet chickens in their backyard. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, these, these other Americans that aren't into the backyard poultry movement who don't have backyard chickens. No, I, I get it. Chickens can be great pets. We, we share that information with folks. We understand that. Um, and you love your chickens. Totally get it, promoting backyard poultry for longer than anybody uh, that's out there in the mainstream doing this. And the Johnny-come-lately-bobber you know, used to be I've had chickens for two years, and I'm an expert, and I have a blog. been doing it a long time. Um, you know, they don't get it. These folks that are out there, they don't. They don't people today in America, in 2016, have people about to kiss chickens? Are you serious? These people are absolutely insane. Um, so that you're, you're becoming a laughing stock. Um, not that that would matter much because, you know, Hey, we love our chickens. I understand that. But for everybody else in America, they're looking at you going, people are idiots. You have to be told not to kiss a chicken. Um, and then, uh, last year I had posted and said, okay, how many of you kiss your chickens and how many would kiss a raw chicken? Uh, from the grocery store that you bought, you know here here's somebody uh, holding their pet chicken in their backyard, going up to kiss it. Mwah! And then of course you don't see many people holding up a raw chicken from the grocery store, going up to kiss it. But they're both raw folks. They're both raw chickens. One just has some feathers on it uh, and a beak. And uh, I totally get it. One's dead. One is not uh, has a personality no longer. It's been processed. It's just sitting on your counter. But swap that raw chicken. Swap that live chicken in your backyard. And then let's see what what we find in the lab, and that's what you're kissing. So, uh, Dr. McCray, sorry about that. Um, I got disconnected, but I came back. uh a yeah. behold,
1: thanks like, for joining uh-oh. us. <laughs> How are you mean, doing, Andy? Yes,
0: yeah, some of these comments are quite staggering, and uh, but that's that's America today. The achievement, that's our, that's our freedom of choice to do stupid things. But what
1: say you? Oh, I wouldn't kiss a chicken. No. No. I mean, I even restrained from, you know, I have a cat, so I know better than to kiss him. Hello, you know, a lot of people don't know how to express affection other than using um, human forms of that. And um, there are some children out there, once I see them, you know, coughing, sneezing, I wouldn't kiss them. So... (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just a matter of learning to redirect your affection or your appreciation of your birds into a more um, food safe practice rather than kissing your chickens. Um, because, you know, you don't need to make yourself sick. I don't need to make it, myself it, sick.
0: I feel it's like, 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 uh, Peter Brown, who comes on, uh, known as the Chicken Doctor, that often say, "Let's face it, folks, the treats are for you, not your chickens. They make you feel good about yourself, not <laughs> your, your your chickens. Could really care less." And so, I, I think in this sentence, it kind of is kind of related. Is that does that chicken know what this? Is does it know that? I mean, come on, I mean, really? So, the, so you kissing your chickens make you feel good about yourself. Um, I think getting good care less. And some people see them. I'm crazy when I'm being down to hug them or kiss them or whatever, but they don't seem to like it, but it makes me feel good or whatever. So maybe this is all about thinking. You know, Andy,
1: making... sometimes it sounds like you've got a really bad echo or your, your sound seems to skip or speed up or something. I don't know if there's something on your end that you can adjust, but I just want you to be aware that that's happening.
0: Thank you so much because I don't hear that, but I'll uh... – I'll I'll make some adjustments. So, um that's awesome. Thank you for letting me know. But I'm gonna let's uh if you have anything else to say regarding that aspect. If not, I do want to get started with molting. That's our topic today. And uh you may have heard a little earlier I was talking about the issues of again, um, killing them with kindness or just over <laughs> yeah. it, over it and saying, you know, chickens have been molting for thousands of years. They do it just fine every year and, you know, they don't need the dog and cat food to increase their protein so they can molt easier or whatever. Yeah. Um,
1: a lot of this like is just a lot of people I don't know. Maybe I should be careful when I say this, but a lot of people want to feel that they are um more active or maybe more in control. With their flock, um, maybe they will feel more included. But I, I think sometimes some of these inquiries and efforts are um, just misdirected attempts at um, uh, seeking reciprocal affection from from a bird or um, from a flock member or maybe an entire flock. But um, you know, I think you you're right, Andy. It is a biological process that's got a, a set um series of actions that will take place and uh your desire to to be helpful um isn't always necessary at all. Um so let's just talk about molting, which is when a hen redirects her efforts towards putting on a, a new set of feathers on all over her body, and she mm-hmm. stops egg-laying in the meantime. So your laying hens will, during some time of the year when they they start to molt, is they'll slow down their egg-laying. And some of them may become rather irregular over the course of a couple of weeks or a few days in slowing down either the size of their eggs or the quantity of their eggs until the point where they actually eventually stop egg laying. And you may see a few feathers here or there, but when she actually stops laying her eggs, then her body actually takes that energy and starts um, to, to use it towards making new feathers. Biologically speaking, for a bird, we're not talking just chickens, we're talking birds, the reason why they do this is either an annual molt or maybe a seasonal molt. Um, during the breeding season, you may see birds take on different colors or different shapes of plumes or feathers. Like, say, with egrets, they will get um, a different set of plumes that if you're a girl egret, man, you're going to use that for some decision-making as to which male you're going to breed with. Um Ducks do this. They go through a different set of, they put on a different set of feathers during certain seasons. Other seasons, they go back to the regular feathers because maybe they're migrating or it's just not breeding season for them. So for your chickens, it's mostly an annual rather than um, birds that have specific mating seasons. Chickens are, are birds of the bamboo jungle, where they can breed just about any time of the year. However, they will tend to breed in the springtime, which is when the days get longer. So in advance of that, um, usually birds will uh, drop feathers. Um, For male birds, this is particularly important. If you're a male chicken, you want to look as good and as healthy as possible so that the females choose you. Um, the how healthy you are is not only uh, visual, but it's also auditory. So uh, how many resources are in your territory, how healthy you are with regard to parasites, you know, those all tie into how well you crow, how long your crow is, and how shiny your feathers are as to how, how well you are able to uh, groom yourself and take care of yourself and get rid of parasites. Um, If you've got a nice set of uh, um, lustrous, beautiful feathers, you've probably got a good number of resources for food and water in your particular home range. So a hen may choose to, to join your harem. So since you are the flock owner and you are basically the decision maker, Um, your facilities need to provide your chickens with the best possible um, circumstances so that they can stay healthy and they can maintain their good looks. For hens, um, you've got to have a good set of feathers so that you can make it through winter, um, avoiding parasites so that you are not troubled or have weakened or poor looking feathers. And so when a a hen stops laying and, and starts to push the old feather out of the feather follicle what's actually happening beneath the skin is the feather is is uh, a new feather has already started to form in that feather follicle so some of you I I used to have a, a bird that would just what I call go into explosion molt it was really kind of a <laughs> sad thing you go out one day and you're like oh you started molting <laughs> and you pick her up and like feathers just start coming out and you're like, yeah, you're going to be cold. <laughs> Time to go get you a little something because she always seemed to choose to molt um, ran around, around October when things would start to get cold. Um, and, uh, so yeah, <laughs> your chickens, um, may not do the explosion molt. Um, However, for her, what I would do is is every day I would pick her up and and just gently run my fingers, gently run my fingers through her, her feathers, and you know you'd get five, ten feathers falling out with every brush, and and do that in the afternoon, and um, you know I wasn't pulling by any stretch of the imagination. Never try to pull a feather out; you can end up damaging the follicle. And causing what's called a blood feather. Um, But, you know, she would start to lose her wing feathers as well as her body feathers. And this was a chicken that had a crest on its head, and it was difficult for those feathers to come out sometimes. So I would just, you know, gently run my fingers through there. Uh, Never at any time did she ever lose everything and just be covered in, in brand new quills coming out Um, she always had a fair number of feathers on her but for those of you who have chickens that have beards or muffs or crests on their heads you may see just sections come out and they'll look all spiky um, which is kind of humorous in their own right Um, but you know they'll usually go section by section of their body as far as how they lose their feathers and the order in which they lose their feathers um, starting in the middle of the the wing, they'll lose their primary feathers from the middle of the wing down- out towards the tip um and it you know you'll see probably two or three gone uh two or three new ones growing in and um you know they should they should you know look nice and shiny and new and in the meantime you may be raking up a lot of feathers out of the um, coop floor. Um, I do want people to realize that uh, as those new feathers are growing in, each feather, as it emerges from that feather follicle, each feather is surrounded by dander. Um, So it's got this flaky in on this, and I'm sure a lot of flock owners um, who've had birds for a while have seen that occasionally birds can't reach around and and preen and pull that that flaky stuff off, Um, and maybe one feather doesn't get totally unfurled, and and what you can do is you can kind of peel that flaky stuff off, Um, but that flaky stuff, that dander, if you have not... Vaccinated your flock or if you used a live vaccine for Marek's disease, that probably has Marek's virus in it. And if you've seen it before, you you know it's very lightweight and it can blow for miles if the right wind picks it up. And, and so if you've got a disease problem, um, there are some organisms that can hitch a ride on that dander, whether it's a virus or bacteria, and maybe make it to a different flock down the road, one that you may not even know is there. So um, just keep that in mind uh, as you are cleaning out your your coops. And um, yes, you can compost the feathers. Uh, They do compost down. Uh, If you notice, for some reason, for any reason, if your birds are molting, and as soon as a feather hits the ground, other chickens run over and eat it, you may have a dietary imbalance. So if you never see your birds uh, dropping feathers and they just accumulate in the coop, you may have overdone it with the treats, or you may have selected a feed that's not meeting their needs. So that's just something to consider and watch for, because I know a lot of your flock, your small flock owners, Andy, are very conscientious about making sure their birds are happy and healthy. And so, when birds are molting, you will hopefully see feathers in the floor of the coop, and you'll that'll be one of your first indicators. Oh, hey, I've got a molter. Okay, let's figure out who that is and and just watch them over the next month as they go through this molt process. Because if you molt your entire flock at the same time, they should get done in about 21 days. I know some of your listeners are like, oh, yeah, my bird took all summer. Well she's probably not your best layer, <laughs> and if this is something that's uh food that you depend on protein that you depend on or um, an income for your family, whether you use it for bartering or or you sell your eggs, that may not be the hen that you want to keep. You may want to find a replacement for her um, so if you've got um, if you 've got a bird that's that's molting, it should really get her back into regular egg laying after about a month's time. Uh, other things, um, if you have external parasites in your flock, you can actually use a molt to your advantage. If you've been treating the birds and that and they go into a molt, you wanna maybe take a, uh, a rake or something and get those molted feathers up off the ground almost on a daily basis in case there are any knits on there. And uh, what I've seen, probably the most effective thing I've seen people do is take one of those uh, um, little handheld vacuums, um, not a shop vac, not your household vacuum, but um, like a dust buster. There's a term from the 80s and 90s that I'm sure nobody's said on the air for a while. <laughs> but if you take a dust buster... <laughs> And you just go into the coop and you suck out those feathers. Um, well, hey, if you've got one of those miniature shop vacs, you can use that too. Um, but if you suck out those feathers and dispose of them right away, then you can avoid um, birds coming in contact with molted feathers that maybe have external parasites on them. A lot of people don't realize that their chickens have shaft lice um, or... or um, Sometimes even mites on dropped feathers. Uh, shaft lice are, are a little bit insidious um, because they just look like dirt or specks on the on the wing feathers. Um, but yeah, a lot of people don't realize that once that feather is on the ground, they're just going to start searching for a new host pretty soon, and and uh, that may be the next chicken. So. Um, if you can get rid of those feathers, if it's if you really are looking to be one of those flock owners who's doing due diligence and wants to do the best for their birds and you want to scoop up those feathers, great. Um, molting can actually be a way for you to make a little tiny bit of money. It's a lot of work if you ask me, but... Depending on what breed of chicken you have um, and their feather pattern, you may have some people who are interested in buying your feathers from you. And rather than plucking them from your bird, you can wait till the bird naturally molts them. Um, Pick them up and clean them off. Make sure that you are not um, spreading any sort of parasites around. And you might be able to sell to them However, I would emphasize that whomever you sell to, that uh, you make sure that they don't have any pet birds of their own and that they um, don't have any chickens or poultry of their own because you don't want your, potentially, you don't want your feathers to spread disease to someone else just in case maybe they've never had a problem with merics, but you've got a strain of merics and you don't want to cause them um, any sort of problem. And there are more diseases in Merrick's that can be spread by the exchange of equipment and inanimate objects. So that's just something to consider um if you knew, if you know somebody who's uh, maybe has a children's theater or is a costume designer or um is is looking for something to make um I see a lot of this in the craft stores these days, making one of those masks, um, those decorative masks, either for the wall or maybe even for Halloween. Um, those mulched feathers might be what they're looking for. <clears throat> so as your chicken is growing in its new feathers, you kind of want to be gentle and careful with your birds. Um, new feathers are easily bent or... Um, Uh, broken sometimes and you don't want it to break off really close to the feather follicle and and end up with what's called a blood feather and that can actually um, that can actually bleed a great deal for the bird Um, so you just want to be sure that if you're handling your birds you're being gentle with those new feathers and really it's more of a problem with the wing feathers the primary feathers down in tip of the wing and the secondary feathers which cover up the primary feathers when the wing is folded up. Um, For those of you who trim the wings to keep your birds on your property, um, during the molting season, you kind of got to watch your birds because even those trimmed feathers will be uh, molted. It means they'll drop out and they'll start to grow in regular size feathers, and that means they can fly again. <laughs> so you need to stay on top of things and do, you know, some some wing trimming. Um, probably when the wing's halfway done, and then when it's completely done, you can trim the rest of one wing. Uh, by trimming the the primary and secondary feathers, you prevent on one wing. You prevent the birds from flight and uh, they can't uh, fly very far or, you know, over a fence or maybe into the neighbor's yard where the dog is or something like that. Uh, But those feathers will be molted alongside the other feathers and, um, you know, you can... I don't know. Maybe, maybe writing with a quill will come back. I don't know. That that sounds like an interesting challenge, huh, Andy? Getting some That's of those primary cool. and secondary feathers and and writing the <laughs> ye old-fashioned way.
0: With hey, ink I gotta take from a an break. Ink pot. I forgot to take a break at the top of the hour after we started the intro, so oh, I gotta get yes. to a break. But um, give me just a second, and I will do that. Folks, we're talking with poultry scientist and professor Dr. Bridget McCray, Ph.D. from Delaware State, and we're talking all about molting. Uh, Tis the season, and some have already started experiencing this, and others uh, we will as the temperatures maybe start to get cooler. We round into fall. Seems like a popular time, and uh, so hopefully you're taking notes, and we'll be uh, back with a lot more. About molting right after this short break. When you need an incubator, think Brincy, the incubation specialists. Brincy has been a world leading manufacturer of quality incubators for almost 40 years. They manufacture incubators that hold anywhere from 7 to 380 eggs with high quality electronic and digital controls, including precise humidity controls and programmable egg turning, all at surprisingly affordable prices. Enter the coupon code WHISPER at checkout and receive 10% off your entire order. Order your new incubator today at BRINSEA.com, that's B-R-I-N-S-E-A.com. Cackle Hatchery is a third-generation, family-owned and operated hatchery. They offer over 193 varieties of poultry shipped directly from their facility in Missouri. It's their mission to enhance your life by providing you with quality poultry for showing, meat, enjoyment, eggs, and pets. They specialize in hatching purebred poultry and shipping day-old chicks right to your local post office since 1936. 4-H and FFA Youth Poultry Clubs get a 10% discount. Check out their website, CackleHatchery.com for posted weekly specials and discounts. That's CackleHatchery.com Give the yard bird chicken plucker takes the hassle out of backyard chicken processing by fully defeathering birds in less than 15 seconds. The compact size makes it easy to transport and easy to store. The one and a half horsepower motor and 20 inch stainless steel tub can handle two 8 pound birds at the same time. There are no belts or pulleys to wear out and no adjustments necessary which makes it virtually maintenance free. For more information about how you can own this must-have chicken processing product, visit YardbirdChickenPluckers.com today. That's YardbirdChickenPluckers.com. Ware Manufacturing has been building quality hutches since 1983. Ware manufactures modern chicken hutches, barns, pens, and nest boxes designed especially for the backyard flock. Ware offers hutches and pens for every yard size and every chicken keeper's budget. Visit their website at waremfginc.com, that's w-a-r-e-m-f-g-i-n-c.com, or call them to find a retailer near you at 1-888-824-7257. Ware Manufacturing. Alrighty, thank you very much for staying with us today on Backyard Poultry with a Chicken Whisperer brought to you by ComBot Feeds. I was just reviewing some of the uh, other comments on my Facebook page today after I had posted an article that was in the Washington Post titled Kissing Chicken for Your Health. I'm going to read one comment here um, (laughs) from Ann. Uh, here she says uh, I don't know if I can stay on your site anymore chicken whisperer too many people that are too selfish to stop doing something that has proven to be bad for your health and proud of their stupidity and what's worse when they get sick they will jump on the bandwagon to rid us of all of our right to even have backyard chickens <laughs> so we've got uh, we've got all kinds we've got one here Paula says uh, listening to the lies viewed by the corrupt CDC is bad for your health as well Um, I responded to that one just by saying, look, you must have missed my show where I interviewed the family of a 14-year-old boy that was in ICU for days and they were planning his funeral due to salmonella from their backyard flock or the show where an 18-month-old got salmonella from mom keeping a brooder in the house. It happens. Families tell their stories on my show. Um, So, again, it does happen. It's kind of like it, it popped into my head during the commercial when I was reading some of these, is that, you know, people say, regardless of what your opinion is, uh, maybe if we could just save one life, okay, maybe it's gun control. We'll throw that out there. Maybe it's, uh, abortion. Maybe it's something else involving kids, but you know, people, you always hear, if we could only save one life, it would be worth it. And, um, if we could only prevent one baby from getting sick. And, um, but, but when it comes to I guess chick- kissing chickens, none, none of that applies. No 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 doesn't apply here to kissing chickens. Only to abortion or gun control or or um, you know whatever uh, vaccination. We'll throw that out there too. <laughs> Everybody has their little stance or their their movement that they want to belong to. So um, it's uh, it's interesting. But when it comes to kissing backyard chickens. Uh, it's kind of like when we talked last week about the egg and washing and refrigerating the egg, and how everybody seems like that bloom, that the almighty bloom. It's, just, oh! uh, it's <laughs> and um, it's, it's kind of like you want to have a picture. If this was a TV show, I would show an egg uh, and and actually focus on the bloom of the egg. And when I, whenever we whenever we mentioned the bloom of the egg, we would play this. <laughs> <laughs> just like i was telling dr Pateski when anybody says anything out there about washing or refrigerating eggs 99% of the comments are you don't have to do any of that because there's the there's there's the blue <laughs> <laughs> This 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 one hundred percent infallible. Absolutely nothing's getting through that. Superman's are. <laughs> Superman's outfit is made out of the bloom. I was like, if we could replicate this bloom and paint it all over our bodies when we wake up in the morning, we'd never have sick. We'd never have the flu. We'd never have this. We'd never have that. We'd never have cancer. Because we have the bloom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's enough. But yes, we talked about that last Thursday because everybody oh, but there's the, 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 the bloom. And we, we talked about that, that the bloom is not perfect, people, but uh, it, it has a job and does its job pretty well, but yet everybody falls back on the bloom. So, uh, kind of the same thing here. It says, let's save one child, let's prevent one child from being sick. Oh, but well, wait, that doesn't count for talking about kissing chickens. <laughs> and got to love it. We're back talking about molting today with Dr. McCray, and uh, she's continuing with great information for us to deal with our chickens that are molting that have molted for thousands of years and get through it just fine without dog and cat food added to their diet. But um, And I say that because it always comes up in these and forums. And uh, increase their protein dog and cat food. Yeah. So um, I'll turn it back over to you my friend and you can continue to educate us on maybe some things we can and maybe shouldn't do when it comes to the molt this year.
1: Well, a lot of people turn to blogs. Um they enjoy their chickens, they like um the photographs and and some of the writings of some of the bloggers that are out there. However, uh stick to the science. If if someone says that um and I know several blogs actually say this that their their chickens are in a funk during a molt. Um well, I'm not sure that that's the case. I would say that's that's a good time for a to do um, a summer research project is take a a pen of chickens that um, are you know maybe two or three pens of chickens that are um, perfectly fine and maybe take two or three pens of chickens that are perfectly fine and then you throw them into a mold and see if their behaviors change and then then the question is really if their behavior is changing, is it because they're molting or is it because um, they're stressed in some way? Maybe they're getting a little more sunlight or getting sunburned or maybe they're colder, depending on what time of year you choose to do this experiment. Um you know, it's not necessarily the 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 feather production maybe that is completely at play here. Um And that's probably why people say, "Well, feathers are made of protein, and they're trying to push out all kinds of new protein." Well, remember, they're not laying eggs anymore, so those resources are being redirected. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So the you know, and of course, if a if a bird is stressed in some other way during the molting period, things that you thought that um, you weren't. suffering from may come to the forefront and, uh, you may say, Hey, my flock's always fine. And then they go into a molt and suddenly, you know, somebody's got a cough or, um, you know, they're just looking droopy. Well, is there something else going on that's, uh, um, That's coming to the forefront there. That's those are some of the questions you need to ask. If you feed them a balanced diet, they're gonna be fine as they go through the molt. So if you're choosing which bag of poultry feed to buy at the store and you know somebody's starting to molt, just go with your regular feed and, and, and make sure it's consistent consistently in front of them and they can self select. Um, having a balanced diet at this stage really is important because not only are they calling upon their own body's resources to create the feathers, but they're also pulling in all those amino acids and nutrients that are in that balanced diet for them to make those new feathers. And that's, you know, if you're making your own feed and... um you know, you're you're not using a vitamin pack or or a, a mineral pack or even an amino acid pack. I would say consider consider consulting a a poultry extension nutritionist and see if if they have any recommendations for you in um, mixing something in during that period of time. Uh, but if you you're not willing um, to go that to that link... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Andy.
0: I'm glad you mentioned I'm glad you mentioned the balanced diet because so many times I see folks that say um, yeah. I have your head the Mubberges are so healthy and happy. I feed them, um, and then, then we start the list. Watermelon. I feed them <laughs> the watermelon. I feed them lettuce, and I feed them mealworms, and I feed them treats from the, the our plates, and I feed them spaghetti, and I feed them the uh, Kalmbach layer. They have a really balanced, I don't know why people think that means balance. Balance means a little bit of for everything. Um, and when actually they're eating all that other stuff, which means they're not getting the nu- nutrition that they need from the, Nutritionally balanced, balanced feed that you're from the store because you're giving them that are, and so I, I I can't count so many. I't have enough fingers to count how many times people come up and they say, Well, mug chickens aren't laying what's wrong?" I said well what are you that's the start what are you giving them and and what you know what kind of water and that that type of thing and they're like well um they're happy I give them uh their a bag that buy this bag of feed and then of course I mix in with that a little scratch and then I give them mealworms uh-huh. and then i Watermelons and cantaloupe and anything that I don't finish off on my plate, they're happy. They love all this stuff. I said, okay. I said, you're not going to This has happened so many times. I've had so much success. 100% success. So. You and me both, said,
1: Andy. You and me both. I mean, they're they're like five-year-olds. Mentally, these chickens are five-year-olds. They don't make good decisions. You give them one treat, they're like, and? Tomorrow, you're giving it to me too, right? And, and they will always remember that you've got exactly. treats in the house.
0: And, and so I'll often say, I say, what do you think is going to happen when I go to dinner tonight and I sprinkle Skittles on my child, my five-year-old's broccoli? He's going to pick out the Skittles and leave the broccoli, just like when you put scratch in the lamp. Pe- <laughs> okay, we go down that. So, uh,
1: Skittles on oh, your that's, broccoli. That's, <laughs> that's, a, that's a visual. <laughs> oh, golly. So, uh,
0: so, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I
1: mean, and, and, you know, chickens aren't dumb, they know what tastes good, what's palatable, and what's a, a treat, but that doesn't mean that they're going to make the best decisions for themselves all the time. Yeah. I will through, bet I you that somebody would take like a five-pound bag of of um what is those, freeze-dried mealworms, and just put it in a container and put it on the coop. I wonder how fast. That would just disappear, mm-hmm. and how your birds would feel after that, I can pretty much tell you what will happen to their droppings. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> so the um, I love,
0: I'd love to know what you do because when, when people say. Um, I just saw this last week, and I posted it, and they said um, uh, chickens are smart. They know what's good and what's not good for them. I think this was a post about what, mm. you know, poison plants, not that feed them, the know, ah. the avocado, what okay. data skin, and I said, <laughs> you obviously have never visited a poultry diagnostic lab where they have the gut jar, where they pull put all the stuff they find in the gut, like screws and nails and bolts and things yeah. and, and all this stuff that they take out of the, the chicken and put in this jar, it's styrofoam pellets. That, yeah they yeah good luck
1: with that <laughs> <laughs> sometimes we humans have to be the grown ups, which takes yeah. some of the fun out of chicken keeping, but you know you just use good common sense, folks when it comes to kissing your chickens or when it comes to to feeding your chickens um you, you know if if you i I had seen the same problem with dog and cat owners. Indulging the pets so that they have developed bad habits. Um, shoot, some people do this with their own children. Indulging the so gonna... that bad habits are started. Sometimes we do this with <laughs> ourselves.
0: <laughs> so, Another awesome valid point, an awesome valid point I want to share with people because I, 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 looking at the comments under this, this post, it's obviously none of them realize this, but, but I, I just made the post. I said, you know, most of these folks uh, – have, don't understand either that you're kissing your chicken, that you could make your chickens sick as well. So that, that's the issue. You know, use hand sanitizer before you handle your birds, after you handle your birds, wash your hands good. You know, and, and don't don't share disease, don't bar disease, and your chickens. Yes, you can give your chickens disease as well. So by by kissing them, that that is not a scenario that's that's obsolete.
1: You could make your chickens sick. By- as I heard you mention this at the start after the commercial break, Andy. I was designing experiments in my brain <laughs> Now we could test this and really find out. Let's see if we can really find out when you press your lips to your chicken. There's a question for your listeners. When you kiss your chickens, do you kiss them on the beak and the nose, around the eye or the earlobe, on the back oh. of the neck, on the back, on the wings, On the breast, where do you most often kiss your chickens? Let's ask that question to your Facebook listeners and see what kind of response we get. Or maybe you could do one of those polls, um, the Facebook polls, and see where people tend to kiss most often. Um, Because, you know, if you're kissing your chickens and, you know, they ran from beneath the bushes to come over and see you, but you didn't realize they were over there dust bathing themselves. <laughs> so <laughs> what was it that you just kissed? <laughs> Might have a little extra something on there for you. Yeah. Oh, golly. So there you have it. Just You don't have to, to mess around with uh, special um, additives or treats. Um, you can just give them a balanced diet and they'll make it through the molt just fine. Um, if your birds seem to uh, be suffering from external parasites uh, and you choose to to wash them while they're being molted or while they are molting, just be extra careful with those new feathers coming in. And... Um, you know pick up any any feathers that seem to have parasites on them or nits or or louse eggs or mite eggs even um that might be a good way to help break the life cycle especially if you are not willing to to use some of the um insecticides that are designed for getting rid of external parasites on poultry i know not everybody's comfortable with that but you know good on you for all the 10 times elbow grease you're willing to put into it that I just don't have time for. <clears throat> so there you go, Andy. Uh, that is my my talk today on molting, and yes, it's a little more commonsensical this time. And if you have any questions, and I'd love to see how that poll turns out. If you do it, um, that's kind of kind of I oh we didn't talk about kissing them on their comb. I guess oh, some people do cold. that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, always, always something here on Backyard Poetry with chicken <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all right, oh, thank God. you very much for joining us. We'll have you back here in a couple of weeks. And uh, uh, we've got a great show coming up next Thursday, a week from today, um, with Peter Brown. He's going to be talking about, due to coming up on January 1st, the water-soluble antibiotics going bye-bye, prescription only, da 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 alternatives. Yeah. That prevent it preventative obviously preventative is better than uh treatment, but um you know, alternatives to that, so that's gonna be a great show. But um thanks for coming on. We'll see you back here in a couple of weeks. You have a good one.
1: Thank you, Andy. Bye bye.
0: Great, bye bye. And uh if you want to hear all about the bloom. <laughs> I can encourage you to listen to the uh, rebroadcast and the podcast uh, last week's show with uh, Dr. Patiski talking all about the bloom and and other things. So, uh, hey, I want to say thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, follow us on Facebook. It's always a hoot. Just the comments alone are, are well worth your daily laugh uh, from from um, from many and all, and all folks. Uh, I just scanning over there a few minutes ago and I was still trying to not giggle out loud but you know I get it you love your chickens nobody's promoted backyard poultry uh more than I have nobody's been in more states than me personally uh doing classes doing you know nobody nobody nobody's changed more laws um than myself uh, across the country helping people change the laws over the years um Nobody's been on more news stations nationwide, broadcast than myself to, to promote backyard poultry and the positives of backyard poultry and getting backyard poultry changed into, you know, to to allow to keep backyard poultry. Nobody, uh, not even the Johnny Come Lately uh, bloggers that have kept chickens for two or three years, um, and so. But but you're not just going to get rose colored rose colored glasses on my site. You're just not going to do it. We're going to give you the good, as we have for years, and the bad and the ugly because it's about education. If we just said, okay, everything's wonderful, blah, 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 and, and put on our rose-colored glasses, and nothing can go wrong, nothing can go bad, everything's perfect, chickens are, the, are guts, it's just awesome. Nothing can go, you don't have to worry about anything. Journalism, that would be bad. Um, reporting, that would be irresponsible, that would be ignorant on our part. And if all you care about is cute pictures of chickens and homemade treats, uh, and we've already talked about treats, haven't we? Yeah, over the how many years? Um, and uh, <laughs> all this other stuff, then by There's places for you to go. Knock yourself out. But we have seen, and I'm very proud to say, we have seen over the years, recently, even over the last two or three years, even more so, where people say, yeah you know, I, I go and look at the cute pictures of chickens and look at how to make a treat here or there or, you know, do this, that, or the other, the little whimsical things and all that's fine and dandy, but there's always a, but But when I want good, reliable science-based, fact-based study-based information, after looking at all the cutesy whimsical pictures of chickens, Andy, I'm coming to your magazine. I'm coming to your, or your Facebook page. I'm listening to your show. I'm coming to your events. Um, uh, I'm reading your book uh but but yeah, yeah I, I get that warm and fuzzy feeling uh when it, when I'm looking at these blogs and forums, but when it comes down to the real deal, I'm coming to your site, do what you do. I get letters I get the emails so I know I'm doing the right thing, and uh, I'm gonna continue to do the right thing. It's not for everybody. Okay, everybody, people, I understand I'm human too. People don't want to be proven wrong. They they want to feel like, they want to hear that what they're doing is the right thing, the right way. They don't want to hear that they're doing it wrong. Uh, there's better ways or what they're doing may be harmful in the long run to their flock. Um, we, we don't hear that. We're human. Nobody wants to hear that. I get it. <laughs> so, um, but, but what, you can't learn that way by, by only having that, that attitude. You just can't learn. And like we've said for many years, is that we're going to give you the right information um, so I can sleep at night. But at the end of the day, it comes down to what you do with that information. It's none of my business, you know. I've got inside this grassy fenced area where we live, my family. My yep. I mean, what? Hey, you know, you're going to do what you're going to do. But I'm giving you the uh, the information that you can do with it what you wish. So, thanks for tuning in. We do appreciate it. And uh, check out our magazine. You can subscribe to the digital edition for free. Yeah, free. You know why it's free? Because we want you to have the right information. Um, free. Um, Gotta love it. Oh, um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be wrapping up the official second edition of uh, uh, Chicken Whisper's Guide to Keeping Chickens book. That's going to be awesome. And so the reprint of that should start coming out probably in late spring of next year, complete second edition. Some things are coming out. Some things are going in. Got to love it. And then probably around October 1st, I'm going to start working on my second book. Uh, it's already been approved. The contract is signed. Hopefully, I can get that done by the end of the year. Don't have an official title yet. Something like the Chicken Whispers Fact or Chicken Poop Book. And uh, hey, the, the the blogs, the chicken TV shows, the forums—you know—they're they're, all—they're giving me plenty of material for this book. I can assure you. Uh, Chicken Whisper's Factor Chicken Poop Book, which uh, we're looking for a release uh, early 2018, so a year later, uh, it should be a great book. Uh, and I wish it could come out sooner because the information needs to be out there. But you can get that information at our website, factorchickenpoop.com, and uh, and check all that out. So, uh, but we we do tune in, and uh, we'll be back before you know it. Follow us on our Facebook page, and you know exactly when we're uh, gonna be broadcasting. God bless everybody. want to protect your hens from the damage caused by an overly affectionate rooster? Nothing protects hens better than the Hen Saver Hen Apron. Hen Saver Hen Aprons come in several different sizes to fit both bantam and large fowl hens. They also come in several different styles and colors. Give your hens the protection they deserve by purchasing Hen Saver Hen Aprons today. 100% of all proceeds goes to provide care to rescued animals at Crazy K Farm in Hempstead, Texas. Purchase your Hen Saver Hen Aprons at hensaver.com. That's hensaver.com. Stromberg should be on the top of your list when it's time to order your new day-old baby chicks and poultry supplies. Order online today at strombergschickens.com. That's strombergschickens.com. Do you provide a heat source for your backyard chickens in the winter? In most cases, it's not necessary. But if you choose to provide a heat source for your backyard chickens, it's imperative to use a safe and effective heat source and the only one I recommend is the Sweeter Heater. The Sweeter Heater is a safe, completely sealed, washable, non-breakable, energy efficient, long lasting and reliable specific area heater that comes with a three year warranty. Ditch the dangerous heat lamp this season and invest in the only heater I recommend, the Sweeter Heater. Purchase the Sweeter Heater online at SweeterHeater.com. That's SweeterHeater.com. All righty. Thank you very much for staying with us. And, uh, again, we'll be back next week. Hope you have a great weekend. And really great show next Thursday with uh, theater about alternatives. And since, yes, the um, veterinary directive is going to be taking away, it's going to be prescription only now for most uh, all of the water-soluble antibiotics. Uh, I think maybe some injectables will still be available. We've done shows on this uh, over the past year. and may do another one coming up in January. But, um, yeah, uh, it's going to be a great show, and I'll keep you posted over there on our Facebook page. So, guys, again, take care. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, It was about molting. Thanks, Dr. Craig, for coming on today. We do appreciate it. Long, long, long time, guest. And, uh, hey, we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye.